You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Mm. Same corner, same time. We back at it, fellas. How y'all boys feeling, man? Had a good Commit weekend. list is, is filling up. Had a good weekend. Went scalping this weekend, too, boys. That was a lot of fun. I seen you out there on the boat, man. Scalping's a blast. If you guys haven't done it, uh, definitely go check it out. It just opened. I was up in Steen Hatch. I guess Keith Niebuhr calls it uh, the hatch. Uh, But up there, my uncle's got a spot up there. So scallop season opened on Friday. Went scalloping Saturday. Limited out, of course. Um, But it's like an adult um, Easter egg hunt. You know, you have these little scallops. You went last year, right? I did. I've gone. It's my fifth or sixth time going. Yeah, the one time I went. Invite, bro. I mean, I said last year. Next year, I'll wait for that. So weird. Feels like Groundhog Day. Feels like you told so last year. Next year, Mm. I heard the scalloping story Mm. before. I don't know where. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those things, you know. Once the one time I went, did not wear like a like a diving shirt or like a fishing shirt. Um, no sunscreen application, and you're kind of just like floating on the water. Back was just torch, mm, torch, mm. torch. hour. Yeah, you, um, the the thing about scalloping is that you you snorkel right, and you're only in a couple feet of water, anywhere from you know two to five feet, depending on where you anchor. Um, but you just float out there, and you just kind of lose track of time. Um, so if you're not you're not careful, like Nick was uh, or wasn't, pardon me. Uh, you can definitely get scorched, but it is a a ton of fun. Right now, up in Steenhatchie, you're allowed to get uh, two and a half gallons per person, up to five gallons, uh, and then I think in a couple of weeks that gets up to uh, to ten. So, uh, know anybody in Steenhatchie or down? I think it opens in like the Crystal River, Homosassa area here soon. Uh, a lot of fun, a ton of fun. What'd you guys do this weekend? Happy Father's Day! So. Thanks, man. It was Father's Happy Day. Happy Father's Day. I appreciate it, man. Uh, you on deck? You next? Ah, active measures <laughs> preventing that. <laughs> Already, man. Uh, I I just chilled. Did some um, work this past weekend. Saturday was festive, you know, so I was busy on the timeline uh, with everybody else. Uh, good and bad, right? Um, good weekend. But Father's Day was dope. Uh, had some dinner at the Bend with the fam. Uh, rode on the, along the intercoastal, did a bicycle ride, just kicked it, man. A little family time, but that's about it. And then we got a federal holiday today. I didn't realize it's like the last minute that it was an actual federal holiday. I'll be unplugged a little bit. So happy Juneteenth. Absolutely. Nick, you're out in Omaha. We're going to break uh, down your uh, are the, uh, the Florida Gators baseball team in a second. But a lot how of baseball is, this weekend. How is yeah. Nebraska treating you? Um. Good. Uh, I think I'm technically – I'm at the airport hotel. I think I'm technically in Iowa. Technically, um, I already hear that. Right, right, right across the border. Um, but it's treating me well. This is a, a really, really fun event. Whether you 
love college baseball, like it, uh, only like your team, only like your school and your schools out here. This is definitely a uh, one of the best run events. The, the entire town is uh, centered around this tournament. They do a really good job with it. Um, and uh, this is my third trip out here. It's like the first trip I think I was out here like 16 days. Um, 18, I was here like four or five. I just had to rebook my hotel. So Florida won their first two games, so they won't play again till Wednesday. So I'm just like hanging, just just on vacation in the dead smack center of the country. Um, in, in beautiful Iowa. Uh, oh, 11, right? 11, 11 days, <laughs> 10 days before my wedding. Well, Nick, we're excited for you. We're excited for the Gators baseball team. Let's chat a little bit, just so the, everybody knows the order of this show. We're going to talk a little bit of baseball first, and then we'll get into recruiting. We'll do that in, in kind of chronological order there. But as always, patiently, the recruiting is coming, man. I know y'all ready for that. I just stick around. Um, hit give, my five minute, give, me, give, me, give me five minutes of baseball, and we'll get to uh, – Baseball is exciting, too. Minutes. Yeah, and baseball is exciting. The uh, College yeah. World Series has been awesome. So, uh, as always, quick shout-out to our title sponsor, Alan Horn with State Farm Insurance. If you are looking for insurance for auto, home, renters, life, business insurance, whatever it might be in your insurance world, give him a call at 706-692-2888 or visit him at allenhorninsurance.com if you live in Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, or Alabama. Again, 706-692-2888 or allenhorninsurance.com. Allen is a former Florida Gators pitcher, uh, which only makes sense to segue right into the Gators being two and Omaha right now uh, after two big wins this weekend. Uh, one with a uh, an illustrious uh, three-run comeback on Friday mm. and then a win yesterday where they uh, fought bases loaded uh, twice in the eighth and the ninth inning uh, to take home a victory against Oral Roberts. Uh, but Nick, give us the update from Omaha. Um, yeah, Friday, I guess we'll start with Friday night. Um, you get a really good start from Brandon Sprout. Uh, Virginia is a really, really talented team. They led the country in batting average, uh, in doubles. Um, and that's kind of just baseball. They end up losing to Florida, then lose TCU. They're out of the tournament, but Florida's comeback, uh, just the way their offense is built. Uh, they're a team that if they're down three runs, they think, you know, that's a, a walk, a bloop, and a, and a blast, and that's uh, sticks, game back back in the game. Um, someone asked me before the Super Regional, is Florida's offense, do they bunt, do they hit and run, do they manufacture runs? I was like, their offense is hit and jog. Uh, they, yes, rely, they, rely, they rely on hitting home runs, and, and they're pretty good watch, at it. bro. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's they, fun to watch. They're a fun team. Um, so Friday night, um, you kind of get Ty Evans had been uh, the, the everyday starter since the beginning of the year and then hit a big slump, has only played in three games since May 5th. Um, he gets into the game, hits a double, which leads to a run in the eighth and the seventh, seventh or eighth inning. He starts off the ninth with the home run. Wyatt Langford um, hits the longest home run in the history of the stadium to tie the by game. Like 20 feet. Like that's not it, just beating it, it by it, a foot. I mean, that's. 
It wasn't a wall hard. scraper. It wasn't a wall scraper. Um, and, and then Florida loads the bases, and you've got a freshman up there. Um, no disrespect to Luke Heyman, um, the slowest player on the team. So you've got mm. one out, a double play in order, and we could be going to extra innings. Um, he got a really good fastball. Like the kid that the kid that threw him, a Jay Wolfuck, uh, also plays quarterback for Virginia. Uh, Two way mm. sport. Shout, shout out to Jay. Um, threw him a nice fastball, low and away. That's a pitch that if you're too anxious, if you're too excited, you're too eager, you can be out in front of him and roll into a double play, which, you know, who knows, we might still be playing that first game. Um, but he stayed back on it, hits the center field deep enough, Gators win. And winning game one is important. Obviously, if you get into the loser bracket after that, you're pretty much cooked. Um, but then winning game two is even more important. Uh, and to put it like quickly, shortly, Florida now is one game, having only played two, only one game away from the College World Series. Um, TCU and Oral Roberts, if they got to the College World Series final, they would need to win their next three games. So that just kind of like Florida in the regional when they lost game two, had to have kind of exhaust their pitching staff to get to a super regional. TCU Oral Roberts is now going to have to beat Florida, who they've already lost to. Uh, well, TCU hasn't, but have to beat them two out of three. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as I've said all year long, you like Florida's chances uh, with their pitching staff to win two out of three games anytime they line up. So winning last night uh, for the Gators was as important, if not more important, than winning that first game. Yeah, game one, uh, like Nick said, Gators do go up uh, in the second inning. They allow four runs in the seventh. They do score one. Uh, they get one more run in the eighth. They do give up. I believe it was a home run uh, in the ninth inning. Was that right? Or did uh, they Friday or yesterday? Yeah, on Friday. It doesn't matter. So um, Virginia scored, and then yeah. the Gators do score uh, three runs there in the bottom of the ninth, get a, a sacrifice fly uh, to win that game. Brandon Sprout, six, uh, 6.1 innings pitch, five hits allowed, just one earned run, seven Ks, looked pretty good. Um, Fisher comes in, um, gives up two uh, earned runs, and then Brandon Neely uh, gets uh, 2.1 innings pitch, uh, only gives up one earned run, gets a K, gets the uh, gets the win in the game. Uh, but really, like you said, Nick, the, the team looked um, you know, came back from the the jaws of uh, of defeat. I think at that point, Virginia was was a forty five and zero or forty six and zero when leading going into the year. Virginia was forty six and zero when leading after eight innings. Forty six and one now. Mm. Well, I guess they're they're out completely now. They lost to uh, to TCU there, uh, and then yesterday's game, Gators go up five to one. Um, ultimately, uh, sneak out a victory. Um, shout out to Cade, uh, put himself in a tough position. Uh, was able to our guy. The Gators were in a tough position. He comes in, saves the game, and then saves the uh, the end of the game in the ninth inning there too, forcing a pop fly to end the game. So. Uh, next game is at he Wednesday at position. two Eastern. Talking about put himself in a tough position. I had big anxiety last night. Yeah. Mm. That um. So last night, that's that's super. I mean, they keep track of their mound visits. So it happened last night with Brandon Neely. I wrote about it. Um, 
Brandon Neely's your closer. They they 100% intended to leave Brandon Neely in this game, as, you know, in that game as long until they either until he either blew it or the game was over and they won. That was their guy. He earned that spot. Uh, BT Ripo, the catcher goes out, and you get six free trips to the mound where you don't have to pull a guy. Um, and when BT, I think when BT went out, that counted as the sixth meeting. And then Brandon ends up walking a guy, and Sully wants to come out. Hey, I want to talk to my guy. He just walked mm-hmm. uh, somebody. It's a big spot. want to talk to him. As soon as he crossed the line, the, the white chalk to be in the field of play, that's meeting seven. You've got to go. And Cade Fisher, Florida's bullpen, what, nobody was up because it was Brandon Neely's game. Mm-hmm. Um, so they immediately tried to get Cade Fisher ready. He said he threw like three pitches in the bullpen, maybe four on the field. So he's not even fully ready. And now he's in a bases loaded situation, tying runs on second base. Um, he's 19 years old, had given up a run in, in his first outing on Friday, had a bad outing Friday. Um, and the kid's just a, a stone cold killer. Um, just has, he got more angry, um, that I didn't know what a red panda was after mm. the game and worked up about that. Then, you know, a red panda. actually it's, it's, uh, it's like a raccoon. It looks like a raccoon, but it's a panda yeah. and right. it's red. They're adorable. Dan, if you can pull up a picture, I can't red panda, um, an adorable animal. Um, I had no idea what it was. He had seen one in the Chattanooga uh, zoo and the uh, zoo here in uh, Omaha was rated the number one in the country just this year. Red panda, adorable little thing. Uh, when he showed me that, I said, no, that's a raccoon. And he got even angrier. So uh, not sure what his major is. Potentially zoology. It looks like a fox or like a raccoon. That mm-hmm. is, it's, I think it's the same species or a similar species as an actual panda. When he said red panda... I instantly thought of. Um, I'm willing to debate this now. Now that you get a little what? closer with Nick, it looks like a raccoon. It does. It's a rac- It looks like a raccoon or a little, a little red fox. You, but you uh, can't argue. Just, those things to... are, uh, that's a that that may be a top five cutest animal though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cute. Yeah. I thought. Cute. Uh, I thought of two things. First was uh, just like an actual gigantic 900 pound panda, just the color of my hat. Right. Um. Uh, whoa, that's crazy. Uh, and then I thought of the uh, halftime sensation, Red Panda, spinning right. plates. Did not think she left the Lakers uh, games, right? Was yeah, Lakers, did not, right? It, I don't know. Did not think, uh, you know, raccoon, fox, panda breed mix mixture. So well, shout out to Kate Fisher. I hope you all Kate Fisher for one. the lesson. You know, you know, you're in a uh, a city that rivals Jacksonville. When the thing you're looking forward to is the is the zoo. Um, I think that's well, so, Omaha has got over Nebraska or uh, over Jacksonville, though. Um, I was told that there are the most billionaires billionaires per capita in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, of any other place in the country, and I think that just has to do with uh, Berkshire Hathaway and mm. Warren Buffett and who invested in his company. That could be. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to fact check you. That sounds like it could be right just because of the size of the city and everything else. I know Bentonville, Arkansas, because of Walmart and Tyson Chicken is also up yes. there. But, um, most private planes per capita, Bentonville, Arkansas. 
A little a fun share? geography fact for you guys. Go ahead. No, that was that was it. That was it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was waiting for that. What do you, what do you, what do you think about the, the strike zone? Do they give these umps like a a, a DMV mm -hmm. style eye test before these these tournaments? Or what? <laughs> so I, I don't know that it's happening now, um, but in the SEC. Um, they were using, so like, you know, when you see that K zone, if you're watching a game and you see that square, the K zone, um, they were grading the umpires this year in the SEC. So if I use my phone, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, if you're thinking of like that as a strike zone, they told them to give a ball off of it. So basically if the ball was like scraping it, call that a strike. And I think the first year that umpires knew, Hey, we're being graded off of this kind of technology, they went, let's go smaller. Um, so all SEC, we were seeing pitches that were strikes, that we thought were strikes that were being called balls. So I think they went, hey, I'm going to make my strikes on now smaller since I'm being graded. That way, if I call something that I think is borderline, it's what they want to be called a strike. Now, I think in the College World Series, I think we've seen some crazy, I would like to see like a heat zone of, of what's being called a strike, but um, it's tough. It's, it's, uh, we've we, we've seen some some bad we've some bad umpire this year. Nick, I want to ask you. I know some people on the internet, including myself, yesterday uh, were a, a bit flummoxed uh, of the situation that Ooh, happened like that uh, with the uh, with uh, the pitcher being pulled, Neely being pulled. Um, do we know post game if Kevin O'Sullivan was given a warning Fair for having too many mound visits? No, no, he didn't. Um, he when we asked when he was asked about it, um, he just said it, it was on him. He didn't get mm. into specifics. If the umpire had told him, he wasn't trying to make an excuse and say, "Well, the umpire told me I'd only gone five times, and mm. that's why I did it." He just said, "That's on me." Um, and I think that might have been his argument in the moment to the umpire. Right. But when you when you looked at him and the cameras panning back to him, just like he he, he the look on his face was like, it's "This somber. is on me." Yeah. Um, I, I blew this. That's the kind of look that when I saw him, um, it looked like he, it looked like he was going to be sick. Mm -hmm. At that point it was on him. He's been a, ma a manager for 16 years. Mm -hmm. Um, this is his eighth trip to Omaha. Um, that's kind of a mistake that a, you know, a, a young up and coming coach who's nervous in his first trip to Omaha would make. So, uh, mm -hmm. very uncharacteristic for him. Um, but, yeah, it ends up working out. You have a 19-year-old uh, Red Panda enthusiast pick you up after after a mistake like that. Mm. Yeah, thank God you didn't cast any blame on Coral Springs High School legend David Kopp, who's been getting a ton of great TV time. Um, I've had I've had a couple great conversations with Coral Springs High School legend David Kopp. Yeah, so now you know two of us. Um, well, let's uh, Gators will play the winner of either TCU or Oral Roberts on Wednesday, again, at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we yeah, let me, I, can, I can answer that from Blake. Um, so BT got BT had gotten uh, a little, shoot, start with Friday night. BT got plunked Friday. He probably didn't care about that because uh, uh, it loaded the bases and, and, and led to Luke Heyman. Uh, but BT got hit earlier, so he had been hit like – at the second, at that time where he got mad about it, he had been hit like three times in his last four or five at bats. Uh, so getting hit with a baseball hurts. Doesn't feel good. Probably didn't like it. Um, BT 
looked and said something to the pitcher. The pitcher had kind of been chirping a little bit too. Um, mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. Play baseball. Dan, probably same thing in hockey. Silk, I'm sure you said some egregious things to receivers that were standing in front of you back in the day. Oh, for sure. It's, it's part of the game. Let the guys talk. It's the heat of the moment. You're, there's only seven teams playing, left playing right now. Uh, emotions are going to be high. Um, as a catcher, and BT understood this, talked to him after the game, BT gets hit, he starts chirping at the pitcher. As a catcher, what, what uh, Oral Roberts' catcher did was just get between the guy yelling at his, his teammate. He's not saying anything other than just staying between them. And that's why you could hear, I think you could hear it on the broadcast, the umpire goes, I got him, I got him, I got him. And then the umpire got between them. And I think BT was probably told to stop yelling and didn't. Mm. So he gets a, a sportsman-like conduct warning. Mm. Um, to me, I don't mind it. Like, listen, the guys are playing for um, huge stakes, the biggest mm-hmm. stakes uh, in college baseball. Emotions Omaha are high, stakes. game's tight. Omaha stakes. Oh, look at this. No, not yeah, a sponsor. We're talking about playing no, with words. Not a sponsor. No free team, ads. Man. No free ads. Don't get these <laughs> no free. No free ads. Now he with the double entendre with the stakes. <laughs> I see you. Yeah. Bro. Um, yeah. So so <laughs> so he gets uh, so he gets a warning because he's just he's still chirping. Um, and then the first baseman, and, and this is still just sticking up for your guy. The first baseman had to be like physically moved by an umpire because now the first baseman continues to hear BT chirping. And he wanted to get in on the action. He thought, man, this looks like, like that, fun. Man. Let me try. Let so that's all. One time. Yeah, that's all it was, Blake. It doesn't, like, extend over into the next game. It's not like, uh, you know, like red cards or yellow cards in, in, in soccer. So he got warned. Uh, but I had no problem with anything that happened. Like, as a catcher, if someone's yelling at your pitcher, that's what you do. You get in between yeah. them. Uh, you're not going to talk to him. Um, talk to me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So didn't have a problem with it. Um and I think uh, both teams got warned as well. What's the feel on uh, the team or, or baseball coach, college foot baseball culture? I know there's a lot of unwritten rules, but when we smack home runs, we tend to throw the bat uh, back. Mm-hmm. Pretty Shout fiercely. out to Wyatt Langford, absolutely pimping that home run for sure. That's a, that's um, a top five pimp pimp uh, situation there. Nice scroll. He he's um Wyatt's not that kind of guy either. I mean, that's just a moment coming out. Um, Florida is not. Florida, you should watch um, Dan YouTube. Drew Gilbert, Tennessee walk off home run. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is becoming the culture now, and I have no problem with it. Um, I'm like a weird mix of old school and new school. So new new baseball, pimp it. Uh, I mean, you've got props. We're wearing chains. They're putting doing you know, all that. They're doing all kinds of stuff. You, you, so they this year in the NCAA, you can't do it on the field. You can do it in the dugout. Last year, Tennessee had a leopard jacket, uh, like a pimp that. jacket. They put yeah. that on. They had that pink hat that said Daddy on it. They have to do that inside the dugout now. You can't do it outside the dugout. But um, Drew Gilbert, I've dubbed him the uh, the pimp job king. Yeah, this, this kid. Is, this is solid. You'll like this. This, one, so. this is so. This one, Drew Gilbert's getting hit the next time I see him. Back looks back at their dugout. It's, the it's a little out. unsafe. A little the unsafe. That's a projectile now. He still hasn't yeah. hit first base. I don't think. I don't know where he is. There oh, he is. Hey, there you go. <laughs> He's just take your time. Um. So that like that one's that one's. A little egregious, but that was like a walk-off to win the regional. Now you're running mm-hmm. Super Regionals. Um, 
it's just becoming more common. Like if you're getting into like an NIL space, if you're getting into marketing yourself as a professional athlete, stuff like this, get your name out there and market to um, old school baseball. If you were to do that, not only are you going to get hit the next time you're up, the guy after you, the next guy coming up to bat is getting hit. Um, and then we're going to have I, a, a run to the mound, a fight, a scuffle. Yes. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I have no problem. If, if, if I've been shown up as a pitcher, I'm going to hit you. I'm going to keep it under your shoulders, uh, between your butt and your ribs. You're going to get hit. And, like, that's old school baseball rules. That's how, like, baseball You're polices itself. No, 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 no. Um, I was not, I mean, back in Little League, but if, uh, that's just how baseball polices itself. It's like, hey, do what you want to do. Just know that you're going to get 95 in the ribs, and it's, it's not going to feel good. And that's going to be – that's the way that the other team would let you know, hey, we thought you went too far. Mm. Um, and, and you'll have, like, laces on your ribs for a little bit. But um, I don't think you're going to see that at this point, like guys retaliating by throwing at people because uh, there's too much, too much on the line. Hey, y'all smash that like button. We appreciate everybody for hanging out with us live. Retweet on your timeline, comment, beef in the comments. Uh, we'll try to address all the topics y'all got. I like the Elite 11 lagway stuff. We definitely yeah. going to comment on that. My hat means absolutely nothing. It's just a hat I could grab right before the show. These guys know. I just had to grab a hat real quick because my head ain't shaved. Um, this, this is, is Drew, the Drewski's hat. Could have been. It could have been records. This is the Wensatachi Apple Sox. The, the who? When's the taxi at? When's the taxi? When's the taxi? They're in Washington. Mm. Washington State. Okay. Uh, cool looking hat, Nick. Reminds me of something that Ty Cobb would wear. Uh, it is 100% wool. Um, definitely a Ty so, Cobb type hat. So I wore it. In the summer. Uh, I wore it. Well, listen, uh, there's a story why I'm wearing a wool hat when it's 95 degrees outside. Um, I wore it Friday. To the regional, Florida won. I wore a different hat on Saturday. Florida lost. Um, two of the people who work for Florida said, "Hey, you need to wear that red hat again." Uh, so I was like, "All right, sure." Uh, superstitions, got it. Uh, wore it Saturday. Florida had to win twice. They won both games. Uh, they said, "You better wear that hat tomorrow." Wore it Sunday. They won on Sunday. Uh, haven't taken the hat off. I mean, taking it off, but uh, have worn the hat to work now uh every game since florida has not lost when i wear the hat so florida the people who work for florida uh in marketing and in social are uh policing me wearing the hat did want to uh shout out shout out to vinny vinny nardella bro, my man was hype man yeah um, let's go bro when mom makes pizza rolls, the Wyatt Langford celebration. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, Vinny Nardella is the official titles assistant director of creative media and branding. Uh, does a lot with football uh, and basket, or, uh, baseball as well. Shout out to them. Um, and keep telling them. Uh, they appreciate um, hearing when a pitcher uh, should be taken out, uh, when they should uh, change the, uh, the batting order. Uh, they have a direct line right down to uh, – Kevin O'Sullivan, so just keep tweeting at them. Let them know your thoughts on the uh, on the team. All right, gentlemen. Um, well, we're real quick. Last um, shout out yeah. to all of those people. They work really hard um, from content to marketing to social. Um, Florida baseball has had awesome uh, audio, visual, uh, creative content all season long. There's two Vinnies. Um, 
there's uh, Sullivan Bortner and, and a whole team of people. To Vinny sound like a pizza spot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it sure does. All right, gentlemen, we are about to get into recruiting. Uh, but before we do that, support our student athletes by going to visit the gataverse.io. That's G A T A V E R S E.io is the Fortigator's newest NIL platform where you can directly support athletes from many of Florida's major sports. So go give them a look at Gataverse.io. They also have their basketball team in that TBT tournament competing for a million dollars led by head head coach Matt McCall, who we had on the show a few weeks ago. Um, And then I think they just announced Walter Hodge, uh, Igor Kulichev, a few others this week as well. So go check them out, Gataverse.io. Gentlemen, what a week in recruiting. Uh, the Gators grab six commitments this week. Mm. So let's do them in order. Uh, and who knows? Maybe let's, in let's, just let's a do, few short do, minutes, there might be seven. Yeah, I was about to say, do we do do we do we kind of talk the 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 because at eleven o'clock we have an announcement. Yeah. All right. Well, the, let's talk, let's the talk right some now? of the other things first, right? Let's talk Elite Eleven. Um, right. We were. Uh, a number of quarterbacks uh, headed out. I think it was, what, 25 or so. Headed out to California this week for the Elite 11. Uh, DJ Lagway uh, was featured in that final group of 11. But, Silk, want to get uh, your thoughts on Elite 11. I know you had a lot. I know you paid a, a bit more closer attention than I did. So give us your thoughts on Elite 11. I paid more clo- more attention to it than you did, but it, it wasn't a whole ton, man. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, didn't see a whole lot of live throws. I saw whatever clips they had on social media. Uh, but just was following it when it pertains to the rankings that they drop daily uh, from the actual Elite Seven, Elite Eleven site. Um, I thought he did. From what I saw, he ranked uh, in in day one. I think he came in like seventh or eighth or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, day two, he did really well. Some people say he was the best out there that day. Uh, day three, which was the final day of the seven on seven, uh, he struggled that day and came in dead last in that mm-hmm. event. Uh, it, from the reporters out there, there were people saying that he was the last quarterback to go. Uh, his receivers were exhausted, uh, half-running routes. There was a lot of drops. You know, there's actually receivers on the other side of these incompletions as well. So, um, overall, I think he, he did a great – he did great out there. He finished in the Elite 11. Um, he hasn't been the best camper. You mm-hmm. know, he has a lot of tools and he's a lot of upside. And I, I don't think he's as raw as AR or anything like that. I think he's going to come in uh, college-ready, in my opinion. Uh, still some development that has to happen, but mm-hmm. camp atmosphere isn't, you know, the best suited. You look at the people that won the Elite 11, that resume, that it ain't it ain't prestigious uh, mm-hmm. when it pertains to who's won it. So I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock into camp, but I thought he did good out there. I don't think he did terrible. He finished in the Elite 11. He just struggled that last day, and I didn't expect him to do anything uh, marvelous. He hasn't really killed the camp circuit. I would mm-hmm. say he's impressed as far as his traits and his size, but I don't know how many MVPs and things he's won uh, doing these camps. Yeah, the Bruce Feldman was quoted after saying that uh, physically, uh, obviously an imposing quarterback, um, does need some work uh, on his feet. But other than that, uh, looked looked good. Um, like you said, Silk. There's other people that are involved. Uh, you know, if you're running the same wide receivers for 
20 some odd quarterbacks obviously towards the end they're going to get tired no matter how good they are on everything else not making excuses obviously we weren't there uh but to be listed in that final 11 is Let's obviously the honor you want Running down on Kirby a little bit here, too. Ooh, boy. All right. Well, let's let's get into that. I do want to say uh, on three gave DJ Lagway with the most college ready build at six foot, two and a half, 230 pounds. Uh, so does get that uh, superlative from on three. Uh, with that news, uh, we were going to go in chronological order, but the Gators did just land a commitment of 2024 defensive lineman Micah Boyru, um, six foot five, 360 pound defensive lineman from Fairburn, Georgia. Gators beat out none other than the hometown Georgia Bulldogs, Michigan Wolverines, and Auburn Tigers. He was quoted saying, Gainesville, I'm home, baby. Big get for the Florida Gators on the defensive Huge line. Group. Literally. Six foot five, 360 pounds. He is ranked a composite three star. Uh, I can see that going up. Uh, Silk, you are very widely known for saying follow the offers and follow the recruiting rather than just the ranking itself. Uh, but the Gators do grab Micah Boyru right now. That is the seventh commitment in just one week for the Florida Gators. Uh, Silk, any thoughts on Micah before we backtrack all the way back one week and six commitments ago? What do you say? Any any thoughts on him? Or oh yeah, man, big go time, man. I, I got him as a as, as a one tech nose nose tackle. We we eating in the trenches right now. Uh, Spencer is absolutely doing his thing, bringing a lot of wild dogs in. Big dogs is really barking right now. I know they had the little chihuahuas making a lot of noise this offseason, but uh, when you turn on the rankings on any website right now, at the end of the day, when today's over, we're going to be top five regardless of the site. But I think this is an absolutely great get. You run down on Kirby, who took our running back from our backyard. So you go to their backyard. And I know how much Kirby and that whole regime, Muschamp and all those guys, how much they view and value uh, the trenches. Uh, a very good guy. And like you said, Dan, with three-star, I wouldn't get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. I do think like most of the defenses, it's hard to grade defensive tackles at that level. You'll end up giving out a shitload of four-stars because they're just bigger than everybody they're playing, right? So I get that why, why some of these guys are three-stars because they want to see them compete. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just bigger than everybody. But if you're 6'5", 300 pounds, every week you're going to be pushing over a kid that's smaller than you. So it's hard to gauge and, 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 uh, and measure it. But absolutely a, a huge gear. He visited Georgia last hmm you know he got the georgia got the last visit that made me nervous i was like man i don't know if we're gonna be able to overcome that they hot right now people saying georgia could get whoever they want kid went out there left and said nah man i know i'm a georgia kid i know kirby won't mean they back to back but i'm gonna go down to the swamp and vibe with them folks absolutely no and, and we've talked about it a few weeks ago i think everybody wanted all of the commitments to happen the way that they did on saturday and that's just not the way it's going to happen every single time right um kids are going to want to go when they deserve the opportunity and the right to go visit other schools make sure that they're firm in their commitment that's what you want right um you want a kid to go visit multiple schools make his commitment rather than make a commitment and then go visit schools along the way because then you're sweating that the whole time but uh Micah Boyru, um, Great get. Uh, shoved Kirby Smart in the locker where he belongs. Uh, but great get for the Florida Gators. Live on Stadium and Gale. We don't get that opportunity very often. So, uh, Silk, let's go back one week ago. 
the Gators grabbed offensive tackle Mike Williams. I think he's a guy that has can can play guard uh, as well. Right. Um, I think Florida's recruiting him as a guard. Um, Three-star uh, Gators uh, offered him uh, a few weeks ago. He was previously committed to South Carolina, immediately decommitted, uh, came to visit Florida, uh, six foot five, 310 pounds from Charles Herbert Flowers High School in Baltimore, Maryland. Silk, I've heard you say that his parents uh, live in Orlando. Uh, Gators beat out Miami, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, Maryland, uh, a few others for him. Uh, Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton just shoving Alex Mirabal uh, in a locker. So I uh, had an offer from USC, North Carolina State, Michigan State, Tennessee. Uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, but that's the first commit. Gators desperately needed help on the offensive line. Gators really um, have leveraged a lot of you know, salary and in and, and coaches in, in offensive line. Um, so to, to get a, a recruit that the, the Gators desperately needed uh, was a big get for the uh, for the Gators last Monday. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I like that take. Uh, do want to see not, nothing against Mike, and I like I like Mike's energy on the timeline as well. Uh, him recruiting other kids and just been following his his um, tweets or whatever. But I want to see uh, as far as I'm not mad at the, the kids were getting the offers are good. So you want to be in, in in competition with the programs that we are in competition with with some of these kids, but I want to see the star average because mm -hmm. all of that, we could talk about ranking services and the stars and they don't matter, but they do, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I do want to see that star average on the offensive line side of the ball go up, especially when you got two guys re recruiting that position. That's my overall take on um, this offensive line, but I thought that was a really good get to get one from an SEC competitor. South Carolina was still trying to keep him in the fold uh, to the very end. They was trying to get him back in. Mm-hmm. You just need to turn the heat up a little bit on him, like we did Jay Bateman last year, right? Are are we are we now putting respect on Jay Bateman's name? We are the best number line, two best linebacker class ever, right now. I'm yeah, telling you, on paper, so far, so far, uh, and it might not be over. Uh, Gators still mm. recruiting a few other linebackers right now. If you look at two four seven Sports, which I think is the only one that ranks uh, recruiter uh, rankings, he is just behind um, the Georgia defensive coordinator I'm, I'm trying to remember anyway jay bateman is, is the number two recruiter uh, in the country right now we're going to dive uh into what he's been able to uh, to secure uh over the last uh, few weeks here in a second um but after mike williams committed on monday uh the gators i believe on tuesday uh grabbed the number one player in the country um not in the united states it was in Germany. which country um, but the yeah. Gators grabbed the number one overall player uh, in Germany. Uh, they grabbed offensive tackle Noel Port Nagin. Mm. Port Nagin. Port mm. We're going to have to work I on that pronunciation. My German's a little off. Um, mm. But a three star offensive tackle, six foot five, 315 pounds. Uh, mothers of professional ballroom dancers, my understanding, Silk, huh? I'm glad you said ballroom because Steve Whitphone just said dancer and everybody thought she was some other type of dancer. Uh, but yeah, great foot, great footwork. Uh, dan ballroom dancing is a little athleticism, right? Good job. Well, yeah. Dan is a semi-professional ballroom dancer. Uh, I am. You, um, you guys want to know a fun little story? Um, it pertains Dandy to Dandy fact. It, it pertains to all of you right now. Um, my grandfather and grandmother 
were professional ballroom dancers and met in Iowa, where you are, Nick. They were both traveling. They uh, partnered up, and, you know, the rest you can say is history. But professional ballroom dancers. That's insane that you got, like, none of that passed down to you. None of that passed down to me. It skips a few generations. Uh, That's that's crazy. That is crazy. Um, But the Gators grab him. uh, You know, again, a name, you know, I know a lot of people uh, have not probably heard, uh, but um, visited uh, Liberty, I believe, South Carolina and Auburn, got offers from all of them. Uh, Obviously visited Florida a couple weeks back. Uh, The Gators grab him. Uh, three-star guy, a guy that I think you're going to start to see, um, you know, obviously more film is going to come out, but probably not a guy that's, that's ever going to climb too high on the rankings uh, simply because of where he plays. Uh, but from Schwabish Hall, the Gators mm. grab Noel Port Jagin. If somebody knows the pronunciation in the chat, please uh, feel free uh, to, uh, to give me a correction there. Um, in between that news um, and what happened on Saturday evening uh, class of 2025 quarterback commit Austin Simmons uh, decommitted and committed and reclassified um, to go to Ole Miss. He will be enrolling there in a few weeks. Uh, obviously this leads into a much bigger discussion. So I want to talk a little bit before that, before we do want to tell you to go follow our friends over at Homefield Apparel, go visit homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale, all one word. Have about 15 plus different Florida Gators vintage uh, t shirts um, that you can buy uh, track and field, golf, football, some of the old retro logos. So go check out our friends over at homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale. So I want to discuss this, this issue. Um, a little bit more holistically with Austin Simmons. I think it was on uh, Wednesday, Keith Niebuhr put out a report behind a paywall saying that it looked good for the Florida Gators to get Austin Simmons to not only reclassify, but to enroll. Uh, on Thursday, uh, Josh Newberg and on three put out a 20-minute video based, I, I believe, just on that information that Austin Simmons would be uh, reclassifying into the class of 2023 and would be enrolling at UF. Uh, some things happened uh, over the next few hours. That video was deleted. There was a lot of confusion, a lot of fans, uh, obviously with their, their hands in the air, wondering what happened. And then Saturday morning, uh, he does make the flip over to Lane Kiffin uh, and Ole Miss. Uh, Want to get y'all's thoughts uh, on the, the issue, uh, big picture wise, uh, and then you know dive into how it impacts Florida. <coughs> I mean, you wanted a 23 quarterback. That's what we was mm-hmm. trying to uh, get right there. I mean, he was originally committed to 25. Uh, uh, Billy Napier spoke on adding a quarterback to this class. So um, you want to add and, and make up for that Jayden Rashada miss. Um, that's, I think that, I thought that was an important, you know, task for us. Uh, so to get him to reclassify, and kids going to make decisions. I'm never going to get upset about any kid's decision, mm-hmm. whether it's Chauncey Boynes, Austin Simmons, or anybody. Uh, we're going to flip some kids, you know, we're going to get some kids that we didn't supposed to get. And some people going to snatch some kids that, that they didn't supposed to get, or we, we thought we was going to land. It's just how this works. It's part of the business. I think the, the media around it. Um, and I never said in any of my content or any of my tweets that the kid's decision was affected by any report, um, which, which could happen. That could be a thing. Right. But I'm not saying that's what happened. I think his dad, well, I know his dad already 
came out and, and, and explained their decision to go to Ole Miss, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But this is the second time with the Jay Rashada, and now with this, and there's more things around uh, media where, where people are throwing things out there early, and it's, and it's, sabot it's sabotage stuff. Um, we're not – the fans aren't naive. You know, we're all adults. We're not on no conspiracy stuff. We, these are educated people that, some, that are on some of these message boards, and some of us fans that are following this, we can easily see that there's blatant sabotage. It ain't got nothing to do with the kid's decision, but if there's a Florida State fan that works at, at, at on three. He's doing things to sabotage the perception. It's one thing for a kid to flip. It's one, and it's another thing for the overall perception of news got out, all of these articles. And in my my point of view, this is how I view it. Um, whether it's Hayes Fawcett, whether it's Josh Newberg, those guys break stories when it pertains to committing or whatever decision these kids are making. And when they break these stories, other outlets, whether it, it don't matter who it is, I don't have to say their names, but mm -hmm. whether it's Twitter, YouTubers, everybody runs their stories after the news break. So when you break that Austin Simmons is, is, is reclassified and he's enrolling from on three from a site that has been breaking college football news, everybody runs with it. It's a big thing. You got a 20-minute video. I don't know what you could talk about for 20 minutes on this topic. I don't have 20 minutes of audio on that. You know what I'm saying? And my, my, mine was like three. But 20 minutes of audio to talk about something that, that, that a bunch of people are going to see. You know, it gets deleted. There's no accountability. I think that, that, that made a whole different type of perception when it pertains to the University of Florida than just a flip. Same thing with the Jaden Rashada. That got, got out early, and mm -hmm. we can say it don't affect these kids' decisions, but – that's false. Anything that gets out early, public per perception gets on it. Also, mm -hmm. another coach at a different program could get wind of things. So we're not going to act like things getting out early can't um, dictate a decision. I think um, I'm also reminded of last year with A.J. Harris, uh, who was potentially silently committed to Florida. Uh, some word got out, a bunch of crystal balls uh, started to roll in, uh, kind of ruined a potential announcement. Uh, that gets delayed, um, obviously goes on some visits and, you know, enrolls uh, elsewhere. But um, obviously there's a, it, there's just, it doesn't seem to be a, a great look. There does seem to be some animosity maybe towards Florida or, um, you know, not keeping the cat in the bag. Uh, over certain stories in certain situations. Um, but again, a, a tough look for Florida. I know his father uh, was quoted in, I think it was a Palm Beach Post article, saying that uh, Florida's schedule was too tough and uh, that they seem to be all in on DJ Lagway. Um, a couple things. One, um, Ole Miss, of course, plays in the same conference uh, as Florida. And two, I think when you look at DJ Lagway, uh, there's obvious reasons to be excited um, about him. Um, you go to Ole Miss, they have a whole litany of quarterbacks uh, there, including, you know, former five-star and Walker Hayes that just transferred. They get the Oklahoma State transfer. Uh, they get another transfer in uh, as well. Uh, there's a lot of talent in that room too. Um, you're still 17 years old. Uh, you're going to go in and you're going to have to compete. But for a uh, for a guy that said, you know, academics were really important, you know, Ole Miss – is not winning a ton of awards in the academic front. Uh, the quarterback room is probably just as uh, gaudy, and you know Lane Kiffin's going to keep going uh, after top-flight quarterbacks as well. So um, it's a it's an unfortunate loss. I know that Billy Napier on his speaking tours had been talking about Florida 
uh, having a 2023 quarterback uh, that would be joining. Um, obviously, that that no longer seems to be the case, and and now Florida, you know, does miss on two quarterbacks that could have been in this class um, over situations that just seem. Um, I'm not pointing blame at anybody. Sometimes things just happen, but but definitely uh, fumbled two quarterbacks there. We need yeah, to start wow. dads. We need to start. <laughs> we, need to a, we need a dad vetting service, bro. <laughs> <laughs> dad vetting service nick um, what are your thoughts I, yeah austin austin simmons was that quarterback that billy kept talking about um i think we we even talked about this on the show they brought austin in and dj in on the same week to talk about it make sure everyone was on the same page um i think i'd said on this podcast to me it does not make any sense for austin simmons to reclassify come to florida and get ahead of dj lagway you're not gonna play in 2023 and then me personally, I think DJ Lagway is better. That could be, mm-hmm. could turn out to be wrong, but I think DJ Lagway is better. So to me, it didn't make any sense to get ahead of DJ Lagway at Florida. I thought it was a great move for Florida because they wanted a, a quarterback in the class of 23, right. but a bad move for the player. Um, we talked about I, that I in our know. group chat as well. Like, we mm-hmm. was like, that's a brave decision, Cotton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bold move, Cotton. Bold move, Cotton. Um, so I, I didn't understand that. But as far as we're concerned, like Keith didn't put anything out on our message board that we hadn't said on this podcast. Like right. Austin Simmons, we in, we sure. anticipate him coming to Florida in the class of twenty three. It was like the worst kept um, secret, right? Right. Yeah, it's it's like it, it had been talked about. Um, I think as a reporter, we were trying to be like cautious when writing it and talking about it and being like expected to. Um, even though it was like going to, in our minds, we would just say, Hey, he's expected to reclassify or can reclassify. Um, it's a, it's a crowded room in, in, in Oxford, but I don't think they have somebody like DJ Lagway coming in. So in terms of Austin Simmons making the best decision, I think he probably made a better decision for himself going to Ole Miss. And I, I think some of the dad's comments in that, in that newspaper story were wild talking about like competition and, and stuff like that. Those are, I mean, maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're just saying the quiet, maybe you're just saying the quiet part out loud. Um, but he's also, I think I was talking to a, a guy at, at a staffer at Ole Miss and I was like, dude, I think you guys might have a better baseball player in your hands. I still think Austin Simmons uh, might be a better pitching prospect. And that's not saying he's bad at football. I just think he's, 17 years old and throws a 94 mile an hour fastball already from the left side. I think he, I think he's got uh, some legit stuff um, on the, on the baseball diamond, a legit two way prospect. Well, that news was lived in the Gators mind after they uh, rattle off four commitments uh, on Much Saturday, needed, just uh, just an absolute avalanche of good news. Hey, man, these, this coaching staff, we've said before, this coaching staff it. understands the media cycle. Yeah, mm-hmm. I told you last they time. Good PR in the tuck, man. You got to keep that thing loaded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Gators grabbed first, uh, I think it was late morning, early afternoon on Saturday, a six foot five, 210 pound from Portal High School in Portal, Georgia, tight mm-hmm. end Amir Jackson. Uh, ranked as the 130th overall player, the number 10 
uh, prospect uh, at the position, the number 20 player overall uh, in the state of Georgia. Also a basketball player. Um, maybe some Cornelius Ingram vibes. What are your guys' thoughts? And maybe faster than Cornelius, but uh, athleticism-wise, similar. i seen this. They put a, uh, a clip on the Twitter after he committed of him doing a jet sweep in and around type thing, and he took it to the crib. He hit something like 20-something miles per hour. A guy that I think could play on the defensive side of the ball as well, hmm. um, but a great get. I know Georgia was a guy that was a team that was in his recruiting. They land two tight ends, uh, so his recruitment came down to Auburn, I think Tennessee, Miami, and us. Um, and he shut it down this weekend. We left for a while. In my mind, I was saying if he leaves this weekend not committed, we're not getting this kid, man. Right. Just A lot of times when you leave for so long and that kid don't pop, it's just like, ah, right, he's looking for a reason not to come here at this point. Uh, but he popped. Russ Calloway. Shout out to Russ Calloway. He out here cooking. That was a good addition to the staff. I know we were all asking or fans were asking about that that hire when he that hire was made. Mm-hmm. But he looks to be a solidified tight end recruiter, I would say. Um, big get for Russ Callaway. Uh, we got an absolute stud. I don't know if we're going for another tight end at this point, but right now Amir Jackson is the deal. Top end speed. I think you could flex him outside. He could play some receiver just like Kyle Pitts did, or you could put him in line. Need to work on some blocking skill. He's a basketball player. I love that basketball players know how to position themselves, especially in the red zone, the body up, defenders, and all of that, man. So great get by the staff. Super elite. These are the type of players you need to get to make the offense explosive. Right, and uh, the Gators did lose uh, Walter Matthews. He was a guy that was between USC and Florida, visited Florida a few weeks back. Uh, the allure of, of Los Angeles won him over. Uh, but, you know, Florida's still recruiting. I know Jonathan uh, Eccles, who the, the Tennessee uh, commit. Uh, I know that Caleb Odom is classified as a tight end, uh, probably going to be an outside receiver. At least that's what Florida's recruiting him at. Uh, but if Florida just gets him, uh, I think that he's a, a good quarterback. Obviously, you know, we just talked about a basketball guy as well, put up 13 points, 11 rebounds last year. Uh, I know Silk, you mentioned it. I know Georgia was high on him. Miami is really high on him too. And they thought that maybe they could get his, uh, his commitment as well. Auburn, Alabama, a number of other schools after him as well. Uh, so big get for that room. Uh, Gators desperately need um, skill at that position, and and I think uh, you know he's going to be a, a great fit for uh, for the Gators there. Uh, right after that, uh, the Gators grab Nasir Johnson, uh, six foot four, three hundred pound uh, defensive oh, lineman. Right uh, from Dublin, Georgia, a little theme here on uh, on Saturday morning. Uh, the number two hundred forty five overall player, twenty sixth defensive lineman uh, in the country, and the number thirty one overall player uh, in uh, in Georgia. A guy that uh, was on commit watch. You know, we talked a little bit about him before. Uh, highly ranked four star guy. I know two four seven is a bit higher than on him than uh, than on three is, uh, but a guy that had. Uh, Florida State was after very heavily. I know the, the recruiter prediction machine had uh, Florida State as the favorite to land him up until uh, first this to past offer. Saturday. I'm sorry? They were the first to offer to get it. Yep, first to offer. Uh, South Carolina, Georgia, a number of other schools uh, after him as well. LSU, I know, was uh, was high on him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just a, a great get. A good player uh, overall. Uh, excited mm. to see what, what he can continue to blossom into. Uh, I really liked his film from uh, from what I saw, uh, but, uh, but again, a great get for the Gators on uh, on Saturday. A space eater, six five, two ninety three hundred, and he could back he could backflip. He might take over the AR yeah. uh, pregame flipping roll. 
this is my favorite commit for the class so far. I know we got some absolute studs, but uh, I, I like dogs. I think he's a dog, a space eater. I want, I do think he can work on that get off a little bit more, but the explosiveness is there if a kid that big can do flips. Um, similar to the German kid who can lay on his back and, and you know land on his feet. I think I think that's crazy for guys that big to be able to do these type of things. But uh, Florida State offered first. You know, um, they they felt like they could land him. That started fading. Uh, he's from Georgia, another trench monster. We are huge in the trenches, man. Uh, no more of that under three hundred pound in my trenches, bro. I'm excited about it. But a great get by the staff, man. Yep, my favorite commit so far. That's that's speaking highly. There's a lot of talent in this uh, in this class. Uh, not to be outdone. Right after that, the Gators also grabbed Amaris Williams, a defensive lineman as well, six two and a half, two hundred and fifty five pounds, going to be an edge rusher uh, from Clinton High School in Clinton, North Carolina, ranked as the one hundred eightieth overall player, the number twenty one defensive lineman, and the number three player uh, in the state of North Carolina. A guy that I know on three, uh, or 247 Sports is really high on. They have him ranked as the 88th best player uh, in the country. Uh, but again, a guy that I don't know if a lot of fans expected uh, this commitment on, mm. on Saturday uh, was being heavily recruited by Penn State. And, and Silk, I, I want you to talk a little bit about Penn State's defensive line coach that I know is eating on the trail. Um, but Penn State was was very high on him. I know NC State, the the, the hometown team there in North Carolina, were were on him. Uh, has offers from you know really all the schools under the uh, under the sun that you can imagine. But uh, a get that again, as somebody that follows recruiting pretty closely, was not expecting uh, Amaris Williams get. to commit. Huge get, man. I was at my house. I thought you talking about a roller coaster of a ride of a day. You know what I'm saying? Dealing with the Austin Simmons shenanigans and then these fireworks that we've been talking about for a couple of weeks started firing off. And I and this wasn't one of the ones. I had no idea this kid was going to pop. I like where we stood in his recruitment. But like you said, I, f I follow Penn State's recruiting uh, very closely because Jawan Sider, that's my guy. So I talk to him every so often. I watch the, what they got going over there. But they got a defensive line coach, uh, Deion Barnes, uh, young guy, 30 years old. Uh, he just and then um, Williams just came off visiting Penn State, so I was mm -hmm. like, "Bro, I don't know. I'm hearing good things about this young 30 year old out of Penn State that can recruit the defensive line." But Coach Spencer said, "Hold my beer, Silk. <laughs> I got something for you, Brad. Got another wild dog, man. Got another three five two wild dog. Shout out to him for wearing two. some Stadium and Gale merch uh, in those uh, in those photos." Uh, but Amaris Williams, again, another really solid prospect uh, for the Florida Gators on that defensive line. They're eating, as the kids say. Yeah, like my man Rob in, in the comments, that get off. I was talking about um, Nazir need to work on his get off at the defensive tackle spot, but elite get off right here. You know, a sack monster. We're going to be getting off the edge, man. It's been a while since we had elite pass rushes. We've gotten some pass rushes, but we, we haven't had a Javon Curse type guy or, you know, Jermaine Cunningham oh, was close, but I would go Dante Fowler. When's when's mm -hmm. I, we haven't had those. We had what you call it for one year. Uh the transfer that Mullen brought in. I'm forgetting his Jonathan name. Grenard. Jonathan Grenard. But we haven't really gotten an elite pass rusher in a little minute. We also had I'm I'm, I'm missing somebody as well. What's the boy from uh, Jonathan Grenard's gotta be the best thing Todd Grant? Carlos did Dunlap. No, it's another one that left too early, we thought. And he, and he ended up uh, struggling. <sighs> Jabari Zuniga. Not Jabari. It's another one. Slim Cat. I'm forgetting his name. 
I'm so mad at myself right now. Kush not even. Alex McAllister didn't leave too early. He was here a while. No. He was no, this was this was like Mullins era. Jakai Polite. Jakai Polite. Polite. Um, I, I like I left too early, man. Yeah, he left too early. Jakai saw the NFL bag, and people were like, ah, maybe another year. But appreciate that, Rod. I don't, Rod. Know, don't, I don't think he's, he's seen the bag around. anymore. Amaris Williams, uh, defensive end, defensive tackle at Clinton High School, as you can imagine. Also, a tight end and a running back. Mm. You don't often yeah, yeah, yeah. see six foot three, two hundred and seventy pound mm. running backs. But then there's Harris Williams. Nick, you sound like you're working at a drive-through. It's uh, Iowa <laughs> internet. As somebody that lived in Iowa for a few years, still on three G. Um, and then let's see. And now, and then finally. Internet. And finally, uh, this was something that we expected to happen Sunday, uh, but the Gators and the GOAT, Jay Bateman. What a day for Jay, huh? G give the guy an Embers dinner. They fired uh, this man last year, man. Gators grabbed, <laughs> Gators yes, grabbed six foot three, 220 pound linebacker Aaron Childs, uh, the number 109 overall player, the mm. number nine linebacker mm. uh, in the country. Uh, if you look at rivals, they have him ranked as the 59th overall player in the country, mm. number five um, linebacker in the country. But again, you look at the, the Gators class at, at linebacker, and we're going to talk about Aaron Childs here in a second. But if you just look at that class, it is absolutely loaded uh, between Darius Hayes, uh, Miles Graham, Aaron Childs. I know that there's another name that I'm missing there. I think that's for the real backers. The other guys, I think they see view as Buck Jacks type mm -hmm. situations. Uh, Aaron Childs is a, is a, is a this is championship level talent that you're bringing into the to the to the program with this kid. Um, explosive athlete, get side sideline to sideline. Uh, this was a big upset. Uh, I asked the timeline, I think a few months ago, who they would rather have, Chris Jones or Aaron Childs. And everybody was like, Chris Jones, Aaron, we're not getting Aaron Childs. And here we are, man. Um, I didn't know at that time either. His dad's a big Michigan guy mm -hmm. uh, for this, this to happen. I don't even think his dad was on the visit, so he found out a little later as well. Michigan boards are upside down right now mm -hmm. with, at Harbaugh about this this miss, man. But good get by the staff. I think R.J. Moten, the Michigan uh, transfer, uh, was, was his host on the visit, did a lot of good – Negative recruiting for the good guys. We appreciate that, but absolutely great get. Jay Bateman is that guy, Hemothy, right now. Um, Rod Smith, shout out to you. Appreciate the fun facts today. Uh, Aaron Childs went to the same high school as uh, Jelani former, Jenkins, former Florida Gator linebacker Jelani Jenkins, and nice. Miami Dolphins legend Jelani Jenkins. It's a Dolphin legend, in my mind. <laughs> we don't have a lot to. We don't have a lot to hang our hat on. Not just Dan Marino. Miami Dolphins legend. Miami Dolphins legend. Uh, so the Gators uh, with uh, Makai Boyer that committed earlier today, the Gators right now are ranked third uh, overall um, on 247 with 14 commitments, a 91.02 average rating, uh, just eating on the trail right now, eating on the trail. You have to scroll very far down to see any other school in the state of Florida there. Yes, sir. Apparently I not mean, you, for you're long. Selling, you're selling uh, 
coming off a six week win season, I think mm-hmm. everybody needs to like take a a step back and realize like our reputation, you know, uh, hasn't been the greatest, and we're still dealing with a lot of like just off the field stuff. It's just you know a lot of shenanigans. But uh, when you look at what they're selling, they're selling six wins. The bowl game was was a disaster. You know, um, quarterbacks are decommitting here and there, but these guys are in the top five recruiting class at the end of the day, and they don't have a lot to sell. You look at the top 15, you're not going to see anybody else with our type of record or our type of season recruiting at this level. So hats off to the staff. Everything ain't perfect. They can always get better, but we just fans, man. Be optimistic. Vibe out. It's okay to be critical as well, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's one thing being critical and whining. That's a difference in that. But overall – when it pertains to recruiting, I think we're in good hands. Yeah. I think we need to vet dads better on some real. Like you gotta you gotta sure up that you can't keep getting in the same situation. Right. This is a reoccurring theme, you know. Once it becomes a trend, now it's a trend, you know. So we gotta like vet dads a little better and see where they at in the process because both of these guys was, was weird dad mm-hmm. endings, man. So we're gonna scrap 2023 quarterback, get lagway on campus. His dad seems to be rational, we'll be all right. <laughs> Um, no, I said, so I think you made a really good point. There's a difference between being critical and just complaining. Um, there's a lot of people that just like to complain. You got to give the, the staff flowers, right? It, it's still not national signing day. Things still can happen, but we're going right. to talk about a few other players here in a second. If four still sits in, in an incredible spot to really have one of the best recruiting classes that they've had since Muschamp. Right. And and I think what you have to remember about a lot of those Muschamp classes, too, where they were so defense. heavily dependent on the defense to bring up their average. Florida truly is going out and getting an elite quarterback, a top 10 tight end. They Yes, they lose Chauncey Bones, but Kane and Daniel, not a bad running back. They're still going after uh, some more. Got to get some help in the wide receiver room and the offensive line. But then the defensive side of the ball, again, Spencer, defensive line co- or staff, Killing it right now. Jay Bateman, number two recruiter in the country right now. Corey Raymond's going to get his guys. They're going to fill out that that defense uh, very nicely. But you have to look at where Florida is right now. You have to look to see where they were before. We've talked about it on this show so many times. Don't just look at star averages. Look at who's recruiting them. Micah Boyru was a guy that Georgia was pressing to commit this past weekend. Georgia, two-time defending national champion, was pressing for him to commit this weekend off of a Georgia visit, commits to Florida. you got to give the flowers or the flowers to do, so shout-out to this coaching staff. Right, and I was was critical of the offensive line uh, recruiting. Everybody think sunshine pumping. If you don't whine, then people think you're sunshine pumping. No, I could be critical and and not be angry, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think we need need to improve the quality of the start average in the offensive line. A recruiter, and like you said, Corey Raymond gonna get his guys, and I like I like some of the guys, and and he's gonna do his due diligence. He's just not gonna take a guy and settle on his board. He's gonna keep digging and find the DBs he want. He, he's not looking at the rankings y'all are looking at. Um, there's some new guys that's popping on the board. Teddy Foster, that's from uh, I think Sarasota, Florida. Sarasota, yeah. A guy that we had on campus this weekend for a visit. Miami. He before he came to our visit, he was on Miami's campus, and I think he's headed back to Miami this this coming weekend for a visit, but. A guy that we we were on early, his sister just graduated from the University of Florida, so he's gonna do his due diligence, man. He's gonna find six two six three cornerbacks. He could easily press Wardell Mack, a guy that we had on mm-hmm. official visit that LSU want in their class, but he's value guys 
at a different frame. He has his own board. He's not looking at recruiting sites. And I think Teddy Foster is going to have that Jakeem Jackson rise in a little bit. Pause. Yeah. Um, Teddy Foster, a guy that uh, I'm connected to pretty closely through uh, through a buddy of mine from Cardinal Mooney High School uh, nice. there in, uh, in Sarasota, 6'2", 170-pound cornerback, uh, guy that just started playing football a couple years ago. Um, getting looked at by Georgia, getting looked at by Alabama, uh, USC. I know Miami's really pressing hard for him. Uh, a three-star guy now um, doesn't have the best top-end speed, uh, but could be a great boundary corner. And I think with more experience, more time under his belt, he's going to be a guy that, like you said, Silk climbs up the uh, the, the rankings. Will it be as high as Jakeem Jackson? Who knows? But Again, I know he's very high on Florida. I know Florida's very high on him. His recruiting is just starting to take off. A guy a few months ago didn't have any of these offers, and now all of a sudden he's he's starting to get some love. So he's going to let that process play out a little bit. Uh, but Florida really likes where they sit with him, uh, and I can definitely see Teddy Foster being a, uh, a member of this class in the not-too-distant future. Wardell Mack, a guy that you mentioned just now, Silk, uh, as well from John Errett High School uh, in uh, in. Mario, um, Louisiana, uh, guy that, you know, is ranked highly, uh, 247 composite has him ranked as the number 114, uh, overall player in the country. Number three player in Louisiana, obviously LSU is looking at him. Their room's getting pretty, pretty full. Um, spoke very highly about Florida on his visit. Don't think Florida is maybe as high, uh, or he's as high uh, on Florida's list as, as he might be on Florida. Uh, but again, a guy that that Florida's looking, and you know, trust me, Corey Raymond's going to get his guys. Already, another thing going on on Teddy, he, he didn't play football to his sophomore year in mm-hmm. in, uh, in high school. So we all know what recruiting is now, especially in the state of Florida. Uh, people start getting offers in sixth, seventh grade these days, bro. So a guy that just started playing football as a sophomore, and so his recruiting got off to a late start, but. You're going to see the who's who. I think Muschamp also reached out to him, try to get him on Georgia's campus for a workout. I don't mm-hmm. know if he makes that workout. He's supposed to visit uh, USC out west as well, mm-hmm. but he's going to make that Miami visit. From what I read with uh, Keith Niebuhr you know, on three, I think that it's a July decision. Um, for what, I mm-hmm. think he's going to make that Miami visit and then make a decision in like July. Yeah, he just got off uh, camping at a, at a few different schools uh, as well with with his team. I know he's got some other uh, visits planned, but yeah, he's a guy that you know talking with uh, some people close to his camp wants to make that decision, like you said, in July before the season starts, and then really uh, focus on uh, on continuing to get better. I do want to give a shout out. We appreciate you, Rob, for the super chat donation. Ten dollars for every Make it rain in we here, got. Rob. Big money, Rob. Um, Nick, this is a, a, probably a question for you. Uh, you know, Florida went in with, I think, 80, 81 or 82 scholarships. Um, they are going to move, I think, Khalil Jackson or keep him on scholarship. Uh, Florida may have one or two more uh, scholarships. What do you think Florida might do now that Austin Simmons is not uh, going to be in this class? Yeah, I, I, I don't think you're adding anyone else, um, which is good news for, you know, a guy like Adam uh, Mahalik, uh, good news for a guy like Khalil Jackson. Guys that get put on scholarship in the spring and summer uh, tend to lose those scholarships when you get the whole signing class in. So if you have some extra um, scholarships, I think that that's good news for those guys. Um, and, and you're still – 
playing a catch up, you know, a catch up game. I think it's different now with the transfer portal. Um, but it's it's almost like I think Billy is prioritized buying the groceries and and cooking from scratch rather than you know getting those uh, meals ready packed. Like he's um, shout out to Hello Fresh, not a sponsor. So not shout out to Hello Fresh. Oh, what's up, them boys, man? Yeah, we're not shouting them Billy, out. Billy's going to Whole Foods. He's not Y'all getting a meal subscription service. And, and <laughs> Billy's going to Whole Foods, not getting you know a uh, also not a sponsor. What am I doing? Billy's going to your local grocery store, your farmer's market, and That's getting right. fresh ingredients. Yeah, um, not getting, you know, ready-made meals in the um, in the transfer portal like some other schools. But it's it's a process. You can flip your roster. But like, look, Mel Tucker flipped his roster, had one great year, got a fat bag, and Michigan State's trash right now. I like the finesse job. That's, that's hey, Mel, Mel's on that Ed O plan. Mel's like, damn, they gave Ed O how much money for one good year? I can do that. Clever move. Um, so I don't think I don't I don't know. I'd have to like look at the transfer portal. They've obviously shown too that they're not just taking guys to to fill scholarship numbers. Um, you don't really have a cap on how many you can get in a class, so you can have a bigger class next year when you consider um, guys who maybe were only on scholarship in twenty three because they had scholarships available. Uh, and I don't even like saying it like that because it's a really cool story. Guys that walk on. And, and are paying their own way and not getting a lot of the, you know, perks of being on scholarship, like, um, sure, like food and stuff like that, but academic advising, being able to have a tutor to help you with, with your school that you're paying for. Um, so I don't see Florida really adding anyone else, um, you know, through the transfer portal for this season. Um, but uh, you'll be able to have a bigger recruiting class and a bigger transfer portal class next year with uh, the guys that will be leaving. Which makes more sense. There's no quick way to rebuild this thing, man. You got to build it from the ground up. I like the classes that they're bringing in. I would like to supplement the uh, the transfer portal, that that process, a little bit better. I thought we could have did a little bit better with bringing some guys in this cycle, but, you know, everything's not going to be perfect. But the only true build, the only way to really win championships is, is the high school level <clears> recruiting. You know, you want to average around seven within three, four years to be competing for playoffs. That's the, that's what the science they're saying. So um, you got to be around that average. And, and right now, I like us in the top five. We'll see where we can close at. The, the coaching staff didn't, <clears throat> didn't value the talent in the spring transfer portal uh, maybe the same way that we did or the same way the staff did uh, or the same way the fans did. And it's like you said earlier, Silk, it's like they're not going off of on three's rankings. The coaching staff's not going off two, four, seven or rivals rankings. They've got their own evaluation period. And, and I got on my soapbox and talked about how I don't think that the portal is speed dating and, and they're like courting, like it's the 1800s where you got to meet grandma and mom and dad and sit yeah, in the living room together right. and, and, and talk about what church y'all, <laughs> y'all are going to get married at before you, you know, you even hold hands. Um, <laughs> I think they see more value Definitely in this class, but I think in general, they're, the way that they're going to move, they see more value in the fall portal than the spring portal. That'll change. You know, if a, if, if a Grayson McCall kind of quarterback would have popped in into the portal in the spring, uh, that would have changed the way that they were operating, but they didn't see that value this year. Mm-hmm. It's also you got to read the room of where you want to go all in. Like Florida, because we're naturalist fans, they're watching other programs, right? 
when you see Florida State, they're going all in and they're going to push the chips forward and be sad leaving Vegas. But they're going all in, so they're spending money on some of these transfers to come in because they think they could go do something this year and make a splash. But if you go on their message boards today, you'll see a lot of fans is questioning this number 18 class and, and how stable, you know, is this – we kept saying, is this sustainable? You know, it was, it was a it was a catch word in the early 2023, but that is, is rearing its head again on their message boards is – how sustainable is it living in the portal? Because every year they're not going to go all in. You know, tr- this is Travis's last year. They want to make the best of it. We'll see what might quarterback look like next year. But they went all in because they're trying to make some type of run. There was really no reason for us to reach and go all in because there's money involved in this as well. It ain't just come mm-hmm. play, play at my school. You're also playing salaries a little bit. Absolutely. Um, do want to talk about somebody just mentioned in the chat as well. Uh, Jamonta Waller uh, from Picayune, Mississippi. Um, he is a the number 28 or I'm sorry, the number 71 overall uh, prospect, according to the 247 composite, the number seven edge rusher, number two player uh, in Mississippi. 247 sports as a whole has him ranked as a five star and the number 28 overall player. Um looked at Ole Miss, obviously thinks very highly of, of Ole Miss, uh, Auburn, that. Penn State, kind of a recurring theme here, Texas A&M and Alabama. Uh, but Florida, I know, did very a very good job of recruiting him on um, uh, this weekend as well. So I think that he's a, a July uh, announcement as well. So August. August, August, think August 26 no. is his birthday or something like that. Let me look at my notes. I think he's an August decision. Um, really good guy. Yeah, August twenty sixth. I know okay. he's an edge jack guy, um, Mississippi guy. I need some get back. Lane Kiffin started de- deleting tweets out the troll of my coach. <laughs> I need some get back. I think he was starting to feel the smoke. Like I don't know, man. There's some rumors this kid may pop out there. Let me delete some tweets. But I need some get back for that, man. So hopefully we just keep recruiting. We're we're resilient when it pertains to that. Uh, every time I read some kids, it's just like it's forced to contact. The, the staff don't fall asleep at the wheel with standing in contact. So keep recruiting. Maybe we can get them back in the Friday night lights before mm-hmm. it's decision again because we got that on the horizon. But I like where we at in this recruiting. If we get him, Lane Kiffin got to block me. I might get suspended again. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Um, it, um, it, it's also it's tough to get. It's tough to get kids from Mississippi out of Mississippi. Like kids That's that – fact. Uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State want. It's tough to get those kids out of the state. It's just mm-hmm. it, it's what they know. It's what they've always known. There's no professional sports in, in Mississippi. You grow up rooting for uh, Cowbells or Rebels, one of the two. Um, land Sharks. Black Bear. Land Sharks. Something. They still have the Black Bear? Is that still a thing? I, I don't know. I, I Listen, it's, it's the state of Mississippi. I think they rebelled against the Black Bear. Yeah, yeah, it probably got him up out of there. He got him up out of there. Um, that was so when were... they, the Rebels rebelled against being called the Black Bears. Mm. I know Ole Miss's baseball team. It just, it just says Rebels across their chest. Mm. I don't think they're. I don't think uh, maybe they just like, maybe they Brandon re- play making the Bears. Maybe black. they retire. <laughs> maybe maybe. In Mississippi. <laughs> maybe they retired. Maybe they retired old Red, the mascot. Maybe so. Maybe so. There is another name to potentially be on the lookout for today at 1 p.m. Uh, that name is Marcus Mascall from South Gwinnett High School in Snellville, Georgia. In Georgia. I'm just playing. 
Six foot, four and a half, 292 pounds offensive tackle. Uh, a three-star guy uh, offered by, has finalists of LSU, NC State, and Florida offered by a number of other schools as well. Um, but may want to stay tuned if you're watching live at 1 p.m. for that announcement. Uh, then I think that that kind of closes out recruiting for now. Ty Hilton. Ty Hilton. Yes. That's one that's one to watch as well. I think it's a big three battle. Tennessee and Penn State may be sprinkled in there. Um, but I think it's a big three battle. He, he said that he had a great weekend and was on and the excitement, everybody popping that, you know, he felt like he could have done it as well. But that's one to watch, um, regardless of his star ranking. He's out of Oviedo, local kid. Um, mm -hmm. I think he has a lot of upside, but that's one to watch. Yep, six foot four, two hundred and seventy pounds, like you said, Silk from Avita High School. Looks like a grown man uh, out there. Uh, offers from Florida, Florida State, Miami, Penn State. Being recruited by Phil Trotwine, I believe, at Penn State there. Uh, but that would be a, a name as well uh, to be on the lookout for. Um, don't be confused. His name is T Y E H Y. L-T-O-N, not to be confused by famed Indianapolis Colts. FIU right Hall of Fame legend, Ty Hilton. That's right. Shout out to those Panthers right. down there at FIU. Uh, the Gators. Uh, Best thing that ever happened to FIU. Uh, I know the Gators are also. Uh, I just saw what you sent there, Nick. Um but um, I know the Gators are recruiting, uh, obviously, a number of wide receivers uh, as well. I know that there was a question there. Uh, no update. You know, Jeremiah Smith is a guy that's going to keep playing the game. Uh, don't don't really see uh, much happening uh, there. Uh, Silk, have you heard any word on any uh, new wide receivers at Florida maybe going well, Tawaski, after? Tawaski Abrams was on campus this weekend, the Florida State commit. Oh, yep. He, he's a slot guy. Uh, very Riding fast, 10 Man, riding passenger side and Billy backup whip, man. You know what I'm saying? Flicking it up on the gram. Uh, I like his vibes. He's going to Florida State this weekend. Um, I don't. He was at Texas A&M last weekend. Speedster. I like his top end speed. You got to get speed on the field and, and and building them guys value top end speed, verified top end speed. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's going to flip. He says he's about seventy five percent committed to Florida State. He's going to make a final decision in July. Is what he said about. Keith Niebuhr and those guys that own three. Yeah, um, I, I so, know that he's a flip watch guy. Yeah, he's a flip watch guy. So receiver there, um, I like where we're at with it as far as receiver. Dre Hawkins, yep. I expect Penn State to land like three receivers here in the next like week or two. Um, And I don't think he's going to be one of those guys. And I think he's down to us in Penn State. So we'll see where we're at with that. But I don't know how many receivers we take. We got one committed. If you take those two, then you might just want to hold a spot to see what happens with JoJo Trader or Jeremiah mm -hmm. Smith at the end. Keep recruiting those guys. Um, they still like uh, Caleb Odom as mm -hmm. a receiver, even though he's listed as a tight end. So you got you got some guys in, yeah. in the receiver. There's another guy, too, Bussy. I think they think they could get into his recruiting. Terry mm -hmm. Bussy out of Texas. He has a relationship with DJ Lagway. So I know they're still trying to get him on campus. Yeah. Hopefully we can get some of these guys in at Friday Night Lights. They bring in a lot of former greats back on campus it should be a lot of fireworks when it pertains to just you know social media and everybody paying attention to the university of florida i know the media team is going to do their thing that day but friday night lights hopefully they can get some of these guys on campus that day and we'll see what it do we still got yeah. another opportunity and i know nye uh who is committed to georgia 
previously visited Florida. I know that he's talked about uh, having an official visit to Florida uh, as well. So, you know, definitely a lot of moving parts, moving pieces. So appreciate you being a little bit more in the know and appreciate all the comments there uh, as well. Um, but I, I do expect uh, some more fireworks this week uh, for Florida Gators on the uh, recruiting trail. Uh, solidly in third place, we'll probably stay uh, in third place um, this week. But uh, you again, building a really good balanced class with a lot of great talent there. Um, I know there was a question earlier about defensive lineman uh, Derek LeBlanc, who was part of the 2023 class from Osceola High School uh, there in uh, Kissimmee, went to Oklahoma, visited Florida, I don't know, 20 times, uh, but did get a commit to Oklahoma, put himself in the transfer portal. It's our understanding that Florida is not uh, recruiting him um, to, uh, to join, pardon me, the staff this, uh, this year. The team. We damn sure don't want him on the staff. All right, I'm sorry to be on the team this year or staff. No staff yeah, positions are available. Good. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, yeah, LeBlanc, you just got to make wise decisions. with. Let's see. Um, Silk, I think you're frozen. All right. Uh, you're back. You're back now. You got to make wise decisions. <clears throat> Chance Robinson is a guy uh, the, that that could potentially be sure, on. I didn't even say chance, watch. Yeah, we we forgot to mention Chance, uh, a guy that is committed to Miami. Uh, kind of came out of the blue uh, when he did commit to Miami uh, a few months ago. Uh, was on campus again. Uh, I know that he's another guy that's on Flip Watch too. So so who knows the way that Florida might play this? Um, if you're able to flip Chance Robinson, you're able to uh, to flip uh, Abrams. Uh, you flip two kids from uh, your rivals uh, in state. Uh, Florida sitting in a really good spot recruiting wise, and no matter what John Ruiz and his failing company, you know, say, I really like the way that Florida's sitting uh, right now in recruiting. Um, and please, for the love portfolio, of portfolio, uh, Dan, what Dan? Uh, por- portfolio review. How are you doing as a share? Terrible. Uh, I um, I feel terrible in the fact that um, the CEO of a company is again just indulging himself in internet trolls uh, instead of getting <laughs> Q1 financials out uh, just 11 days uh, before the end of Q2. Uh, and, and we also I was, was going to ask from last year. Did you get your Q4 from last year? It, was, it had material uh, issues with it. All of oh. my financials are either non-existent or have material uh, issues that, that we need to handle. And as shareholders, uh, it's almost time for us to, to call a meeting and potentially uh, make a move at the, at the highest level. We're not there yet. Uh, I don't own enough shares to make that call on my own, uh, but I will absolutely be a part of those calls when they you should do buy that. some more shares. I will not be buying more shares. Rob just donated half the company. I could, I could, yes, with Rob's Rob's money, we could potentially have a hostile takeover. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I do want to I say like uh, Darius Hayes recruiting. Um, he's he's supposed to be locked in with us. I'm just gonna keep it a bean. He was on Miami's campus uh, this past weekend. Uh, I'm hearing some word that it was a whole team trip. Uh, the coach's daughter is being recruited or something by Miami, so they took a trip down there. Uh, he put some pictures out. That is one to watch. I think we're we're fine, but they are pressing to flip him. They they are like they got him very high on their board when it pertains to recruiting and linebacker and all that. 
we'll see where we at with. I haven't heard any word back from him, Adarius himself. I'm pretty sure the writers will get on that, but that's one to watch. All right. Uh, I think that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, we do have to give a shout out to our friends over at Alumni Hall. Go check them out. Uh, they have the national champion stuff from track, from golf. They will have it when the Gators win the national championship in baseball as well. But go check them out, alumnihall.com, or go visit them on Archer Road. It is almost football season. They will have the new coaches polos when those come out. I would imagine in the next few weeks, uh, but um, you know, go check them out alumnihall.com or hey, on just, Archer Road. Um, Florida's come from behind win against Virginia on Friday was their twenty-first come from behind win of the year, um, and they released a relentless reptile shirt mm. on Saturday morning. Um, I think relentless reptiles. I love it. All right, um, who has song of the week? I think it's I think it's me. I was I had it last week. I think so. All right, so what are heat, man. any final thoughts before we get out of here? And while I pick a song, <laughs> no, that's all I got. We got some more fireworks today. I think it's going to be uh, a good summer for us, man. You got to look, look with you know having a, re- a little resolve and a little patience can get you. Don't lose your sh- you know what yeah. I was about to say. Don't lose your head. Uh, vibe out a little bit. Uh, just be, just, just relax. Let the professionals, the professionals, uh, the media guys, and the content creators will create our content. Everybody be fans, but we don't have to lose our mind over this, man. It's still fun. It's still a game. I'm gonna mm-hmm. always enjoy whether a kid ends up at University of Florida somewhere else. That ain't gonna stop me from cheering in the fall. I'm still pulling up my orange and blue on, no matter who we get. Right? I mean, been so many kids that have just went and and so called flaked on the University of Florida and you know three years you look back and was like man I lost my mind over that kid's recruitment it's just not mm-hmm. it's just vibe man none of these kids are going to shut the door to the University of Florida Nick any final thoughts yeah. <clears throat> um yeah uh let's see Blake said has pitching set up uh casual throw um on Wednesday Florida plays at 2 p.m. 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central Wednesday. Um, Jack Cagliano throw Wednesday. If Florida wins, then they're in the College World Series final. If they lose, then they play in an elimination game on Thursday. Um, if you think back to 2017, that's the same kind of thing happened. Jackson Cora was set up, lost to TCU in that third game. And then Florida had to burn Alex Fajardo to get into the College World Series final. And then went Brady Singer, Tyler Dyson. So Florida... If they win or lose, I believe Brandon Sprout would throw that next game, either Thursday if you lost, which would be uh, on one day short rest, or he would throw uh, on Saturday with an extra day of rest in the first game College World Series final. So going 2-0 and allows you to save your pitching staff. Um, critically important. Um, you know, I said earlier in the show, I think that – winning game two was almost more important than winning game one because if you lose game one you're you're uh, you're you're up the creek without a paddle as it is already so florida set up really really well as i've said all year long with the three starting pitchers florida has um i like them in a best of three series every weekend they only lost two best of three out of 16 they went 14 and two in three game series this year um 
fifteen and two if you include the super regionals. So they're set up pretty well. Already, y'all. I'm, I'm invested now. So big anxiety on Wednesday. I'll make sure I have the proper uh, tools at hand to get through that game, mm. man. I hope the bats get hot and we blow that, blow them out. But that would be nice. Uh, I'm invested now. Uh, two, two late nights. Too late night. Thought it was happening yesterday as well. Yeah. So it wasn't. All right, gentlemen. Well, this was a great show. Thanks, everybody that tuned in. Listen, please make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Please make sure you subscribe. Please make sure you support our sponsors. Uh, we're only growing. Uh, that's We have big plans for this uh, upcoming football season. We're working on a really exciting new thing uh, with a, a new bar concept in Gainesville uh, for this July or August. So we'll have some announcement when that's coming out. You know, just stay tuned. At a real we, corner at a real time. Yeah, at a real corner mm. at a real time. Uh, we appreciate the super chat. Shout out to you, Rob. Uh, as always, we appreciate all you guys that are watching this show. Uh, and uh, with that being said, I think we're gonna we're gonna take us out with a uh, a great song uh, by Lost Kings featuring Wiz Khalifa. The song mm. is called "Don't Kill My High." Uh, Ooh, so I gotta check that one out. I've heard it's, that it's one. a it's a banger. It's a great song. Uh, as always, uh, we appreciate you guys joining. We will see you at the same corner, same time next week. And I think there'll be a couple commits to talk about. We'll see you guys. Come down right now, yeah. So please don't call me out when I'm faded, yeah. But you can't judge me right now, oh. Baby, I'm way too fucked up to explain it, oh. Who you think you are coming in this place trying to mess my buzz up? Say you want space, but it ain't the place to bring that shit up. Too hard to come down right now, uh. So don't you call me out when I'm faded. Don't kill my heart, don't kill my heart,